Welcome to the Sea Trade Maritime Podcast. You're listening to Gary Howard, Europe Editor at Sea Trade Maritime News. And today I'm speaking with Tim Leidendorf of Lieber Cranes about transshipment and transshipment cranes. We start by looking at what transshipment is, recent developments in the transshipment market, and how this has impacted development of Lieber's cranes. Tim then talks about Lieber's CBG 500E, a crane developed to meet the evolving needs of the transshipment market. I start as ever by asking Tim to introduce himself. Yeah, first of all, thank you very much. Uh, my name is Tim Ladendorf. I'm 33 years old and originally from Rostock. I studied engineering and management at the University of Bremen. And uh, I also had the pleasure or the chance to study abroad in Valencia, Spain, which was also a pretty amazing experience. Um, since the beginning of 2017, I'm now with Leaper. I started my career as a sales assistant. Uh, then be- I became a sales manager. And now, since the beginning of 2022, I'm the global application manager for ship cranes, port and transshipment solutions, being now responsible for project management and sales worldwide for this product group. Um, why I've chosen Leaper? You know, Leaper is a huge organization with a lot of products from home appliance to mining and aerospace. But we are here today to talk about maritime cranes. And um, yeah, Leaper is an international operating company with a lot of possibilities and chances um, for your professional development. So that was also one of the main reasons why I've chosen or I wanted to join Liebherr and also the core values of the company itself are very, very, let's say, well known and, 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 and let's say good. So also the core values of Liebherr were something uh, which attracted my, my interest. Um, you know, Liebherr is always seen as a very innovative partner. Um, they are very independent uh, and, and independent entity. Um, and um, the question you may have why I've chosen then um, the segment or the division of maritime cranes. Um, you know, growing up in Rostock, uh, there's always a connection to the maritime environment or industry. So directly from the beginning, you have been in contact with that. So um, that was one reason. Um, and there's also a funny fact. Um, for example, my father worked as a mechanical engineer, uh, let's say 30 years ago in the port of Rostock. So we are uh, constantly in contact because he's always interested in what is going on at the factory. So there are some reasons why I've chosen maritime cranes. That's great. It makes a lot of sense. And and what you said about core values of the company, I think it's becoming much more important as time goes on. We'll, we'll focus down onto the transshipment sector, which is what we're here to talk about. Why don't we start to talk about what is transshipment and what is Libra's experience in that market? Yeah, so generally speaking, uh, transshipment must be understood as the movement of dry bar cargo from one vessel to another vessel or barge. And those operations can take place in sheltered water or in open water conditions. Why is it happening? Um, because it sounds like you're double treating the material from a port to a barge, then from a barge to another vessel. Um, yeah, you have to keep in mind that there's a, there's a variety of regions where port infrastructure is not sufficiently developed, uh, which means that uh, seaports are not existent. Uh, let's say deep seaports are not existent in the area where, for example, specific materials uh, are getting mined or produced. And therefore, these bigger ocean-going vessels cannot enter those ports due to draft restrictions, of course. So where is the transshipment happening, especially, of course, in areas where large raw material deposits uh, are based, for example, in, in Africa or also Southeast Asia. And there's also other transshipment hotspots, for example, uh, where inland waterways are used, example, um, the Mississippi River or even within Europe. How does the supply chain work? As mentioned, the material gets loaded from a mine or port facility to smaller vessels or barges. 
and then uh, those vessels or barges are getting placed to a place where deeper water is. So there is a bigger vessel than waiting and uh, this is the location where the transshipment operation will take place. So to transfer the dry bulk material from those smaller <laughs> barges or ocean-going vessels, cranes are proven as reliable and flexible solutions to many customers worldwide. Are there different types of transshipment? We distinguish between direct and indirect transshipment. So the direct transshipment is mainly, let's say, that the material is uh, directly transferred from, from one vessel to a barge or another vessel directly only with having a crane, which means there's no use of additional equipment, for example, such as hopper, conveyor belts or ship loaders. Whereas the indirect transshipment uh, is characterized by a coordinated interaction between cranes, hoppers, conveyor belts and continuous loaders. So it's a, let's say, a very interacting um, system. So in, in that case, for example, in the indirect transshipment, the cranes feed hoppers uh, via the conveyor belt and the loader will then put the material into the ocean-going vessel, for example. Those applications to maximize the overall turnover as less crane movements are needed, of course, but there's also disadvantages because uh, just imagine that those systems are complex, but they are only made or designed for one specific material because you have to adapt everything to the material as the density and the material characteristics can vary a lot. So that is the biggest disadvantage because uh, if you're just thinking about the direct shipment and you're just using the crane, uh, you could easily change from one material to another by just a simple change of grab. What is Lieber's experience in the market? Um, Lieber entered the market, um, let's say the transshipment market in the 90s with the first delivery of the CBG with a 47% market share. Now we have delivered more than 300 cranes of this type and uh, we are, let's say 250 of those 300 units are used as a transshipment crane. Since then, of course, we have built up long-term relationships with our customers worldwide. And together with our clients, we could learn and improve our machines in a constant way to be where we are at the moment. Just a nice fact and figure. Um, I was just recently visiting a customer in Argentina where we have a CBG 300 in operation. And it is in operation since 2004, now counting 64,000 operating hours. And the next number is even more impressive. This machine handled more than 30 million tons of cargo already. That's incredible. Efficiency must be really important in all of those operations, and I'm sure we'll get onto that later. But just for now, bringing that story right up to date, what sort of developments have you seen in the transshipment market, say, over the last five years or so? We, of course, have to talk about the COVID period because we all <laughs> got this experience. Um, so especially in Asia, which is one of our core market, there were, let's say, long-term restricted access, which makes uh, traveling difficult. So we we were having no direct customer contact because it was just not possible. Even though with our um, sales network we have worldwide, it was not that easy to access to clients. And um, yeah, there was one big thing we had to deal with. Um, on the other hand, of course, the last five years, you know, coal handling has always played an important role, especially in Southeast Asia, as mentioned. So um, within the last five years, also other regions have become aware of it and they were building up power plants for coal. And uh, so they were, let's say, in the coal business, uh, moving a little bit away from Southeast Asia, there were other regions where coal handling was a big topic. There are other regions uh, we have seen in the last five years, for example, in Europe, where a lot of cranes are operating in transshipment operation, but they have, let's say, a former design philosophy. They are, I would not say old, but somehow, yes. So it seems uh, that now it is the time to, to make crane replacements. And, and, and there are also rising a lot of new projects with uh, new customers. So 
That is the other hand what we see. And then, of course, there's also a high number of projects for specific materials. Um, for example, bauxite handling has become a big, big issue in the transshipment sector. And uh, another hotspot is or was in the, the Black Sea, um, which is, of course, now affected by the Russian-Ukrainian war, where we have, for example, sold or we have active more than 35 machines, at least we had before the war began. So since the war started, as mentioned, nearly all activities and projects in this specific region have stopped. That is what we have been noticing in, in, the, in the last five years. Talking about machines itself, we see that, for example, uh, there was a small trend that um, more customers were looking into single barge or single crane barge solutions and or only crane solutions on transshipment vessels. So let's say the direct transshipment as uh, explained before. The reason is the increased handling rate and the demand on sticky material, as bauxite is, for example, which is not easy to handle for additional equipment because uh, it will get stuck on the conveyor belts, for example. So to be as productive as possible or as the combination of equipment, which uh, I mentioned in the indirect transshipment, customers require higher safety working loads, higher outreaches, and of course, higher speeds. But it depends a little bit on the market. So at the end, the target is always higher turnover figures for the machine and for the client, of course. Another, let's say, thing we have noticed in the last years uh, is the analysis of operations in areas even exceeding the open water parameters we, we, we are working with right now. So talking more about offshore conditions, let's say. So I'll ask about a market forecast later in the podcast so you can be preparing ahead for that one. But as the market has changed in recent years, have customer requirements also changed when it comes to cranes? As always, and in nearly every business, um, you know, time is money. And uh, this is also counting for transshipment operations. So the customer requirements are nowadays uh, maximizing turnover of the machines. And the operation shall be done as quick as possible in order to avoid penalties or demerge costs. But on the other hand, they are lo more looking into low maintenance costs and, of course, of how to lower the downtime of the machine. So they are more investing now in their, in their stuff to, to get them educated. So we offer more trainings. They are more looking into preventive maintenance, automation. All those requirements are somehow new. They always have been in their mind, but it's coming now more concrete, let's say. So they are really looking into it. And uh, also something what is new, customers really like to get involved in development processes for a machine, for example. Therefore, we have open discussions about machine itself and not only referring to the safety working load or speeds, it was, let's say, the general uh, design of the machine. And also safety features are becoming more important. So especially while having several cranes working close to each other on one vessel, functions like anti-collision uh, warning systems or, or similar systems are really, let's say, uh, highest priority now because, you know, you can imagine that uh, during the last years or since transshipment started, there were some accidents, of course. And also another important point is the monitoring of crane performance. So customers are now more looking into their machines, uh, trying to compare their crane operators to see where they can, for example, also maximize the turnover from their side, let's say. And of course, another important thing, you know, time is changing. They ask for different drive systems, for example, instead of having electro-hydraulic cranes, they sometimes ask for all electric cranes. They are facing environmental conditions and new regulations. And so the usage of alternative power sources uh, in order to supply the electricity to the crane is another important fact for the end clients. So a variety of those points mentioned are resulting in the need of a larger and more powerful crane by using less energy. 
And you mentioned there there were planning process for replacing cranes earlier. What are the maintenance demands like for a transshipment crane? They must operate in pretty harsh environments. Yes, that's true. So it's, uh, let's say on one hand, it's depending on the area of the operation, because I mentioned they can work in sheltered water or calm water, harbor harbor conditions, let's say, or open water conditions. So uh, as we are offering the same machines, I mean, they can work in both environments. We are already determining the different crane configurations. For example, we lower the SWL, uh, uh, the safety working load, in open sea operation, for example, to prevent the machine from, from, from damage. Having now the experience gained over the years, um, maintenance instructions given by Liebherr are quite useful and good and a good guidance for our customers, of course, in order to have the machine in best conditions always. Apart from the location of the operation, uh, tier and wear is also material dependent. For example, thinking of bauxite or fertilizer, which are very aggressive materials, um, you can imagine that the tier and wear is much higher than, for example, easy penetrating um, material like coal or grain. So we always uh, recommend to have regular maintenance or checks uh, by our experienced LIPA uh, service engineers whenever possible, of course, and the uh, cranes are accessible, especially uh, thinking of this uh, preventive maintenance, uh, what I've mentioned before, and the related component replacements. The customers really need to use a free period for major maintenance work. And the customer, of course, uh, all over the world, uh, the benefit is now that uh, from our constantly ongoing internal analysis and experience of our cranes and the components behavior, uh, we can really, let's say, guide them and tell them, for example, it is time to change certain component within the crane because it can fail in the next months and uh, it will cause, for example, damage to, to, to the operation itself. And is there a training component to making the most of the cranes? So we also recommend and offer uh, additional detailed product-specific trainings to our customers. It can be maintenance or operator training. For example, in our maritime training center here in Rostock, a beautiful place to, to get to know the machines, to see also our factory, of course, uh, to really get in touch with, with the new machines getting uh, out of the factory. Um, and of course, also a very important point, and I think a big benefit uh, of going with Leaper, that we have a worldwide service network. Um, we have our subsidiaries all over the world. We have several warehouses for spare parts. And, uh, and there's also a thing a lot of, uh, let's say, a few customers are really doing in the last years. They were building up their own spare parts warehouses. If they have, for example, a certain fleet of crane, uh, which is in a, in a specific area, so they base the critical components in the warehouse and the even more critical spare parts they put directly on the vessel in order to get, let's say, the, the failures directly away when, when it's arising during the operation. You mentioned new equipment at the factory there, and the, the real reason for our deep dive into transshipment today is the new CBG500E transshipment crane. Can you tell me what it is and how it came about? Yes, of course. So uh, our current portfolio or the former portfolio consisted of a CBG 300 with a lifting capacity of up to 30 ton and grab operation and limited by 30 meter outreach. Um, the bigger model, the CBG 360 with its 45 ton and grab operation and the maximum outreach of 36 meter was, let's say, that was our limit, let's say. And uh, we noticed that there's a gap in our floating crane portfolio, especially above the safety working load of 45 tons, as mentioned, and also in terms of outreach. Not only talking about these numbers, but of course also in terms of speed, which ends then in higher turnover for the client. So we noticed that, and uh, that's why we got in contact with a number of designer and naval architects and customers from different regions, and especially also with different operations. So 
everything at the end started somehow on a white paper, resulting now in this new machine, which I can see from my desk while looking outside the window every day because, you know, the prototype is already there. So just to mention some technical details for the CBG500E, which is now the new machine we are talking about. It's an all-electric crane, so we have no hydraulics in the drive system. We have two boom configurations at the end available. It will be a 33-meter boom or a 50-meter boom. So you see now uh, from coming from 36, we are now talking about 50-meter boom. Uh, it can get equipped with uh, additional counterweights of 130 ton to increase the vessel or barge stability for the operation. And another very important uh, fact, uh, the crane has a capacity of up to 90 ton in grab operation and 105 ton in hook operation, which gives a certain benefit to to clients. Is this a, a big change on the previous models in the CBG series? What makes this machine special, talking about the CBG series, um, this new crane now has a lattice boom design, which makes it particularly rigid and light, uh, which further improves the turnover performance at the same time and reduces also the energy requirements for such a big machine. So another highlight is the integrated Leakatronic system, um, which is an in-house design made by Liebherr. It's a system uh, which is recovering the energy while you are lowering the load into supercapacitors. And the stored energy then is used for peak shaving. Of course, we have the possibility to downsize the needed gen sets, so less investment for our end clients. And of course, another positive impact of downsizing the gen set is, of course, for the environment. And also, we are very proud to, to say that uh, this new machine is also, of course, having the new software architecture with our in-house developed uh, Master 5 crane control system, um, which is the basis now for the integration of future assistant and automation systems. That energy recovery system sounds like Formula One technology in a crane. <laughs> yes. Okay, so what, what's the current status of the CBG500E? You mentioned the prototype outside your window. Exactly, yeah. You can see it already. So once you pass by uh, nearby to Rostock, or if you're in, in the area of Rostock, you can see it in the port. Um, yeah, uh, let's say the crane is now erected on our test band. Um, the first test already started. This machine is already sold, so we already got the first client for this machine. And uh, yeah, there's also, let's say, a really nice story behind this project, let's say, because, you know, the, the prototype was already in production, let's say, talking to this client at the end of 2021. So there were already some parts in, in our factory and uh, the plan was made, let's say. But uh, even though we still managed to implement certain specific customer requirements, but as well solutions which are important features for the machine in general, so for the market in general. So it was a really nice cooperation uh, with our customer. So as mentioned, now the first crane is on the test bed. Um, we will start now, or we started already the testing, or we will check all functions from greasing system uh, to the functioning of the Leakatronic system. Um, and of course, the new software architecture, because you know it's new, you, you have to te test everything, and that's what we do. Also, another important thing or another important test will be real-life testing. So we will test the crane and grab operation. We will simulate an operation at our factory with coal, as we are having a coal plant next to our factory, so we can borrow some tons of material for, for our tests. You mentioned it's already sold. What's the, the next step for that unit? After completion and adjustment, we will install the crane directly on a barge of the first customer, and it will take place here in Rostock. So our marketing team, of course, is uh, 
let's say, very excited uh, of, of, of doing videos and photos of, of this new machine. We are now making everything ready for series production, which will start in quarter three of this year. And um, additional units are already planned uh, within our production line, so we believe to serve several other clients as well with this new baby. It's great to hear about the development and cooperation and having it so close to home as well. But let's turn our attention to the future. The maritime industry faces a great number of changes in the coming decade. What are your thoughts on the future development of the transshipment market? And does Libra have any sort of projects or plans underway to help meet those future market demands? So I would like to start, let's say, with the maritime in industry in, in general, because it's facing a lot of new requirements, like the reduction of carbon dioxide emission, especially while being at ports or at port areas. So <clears throat> there's a huge number of projects, of course, also in the wind energy market, where offshore wind parks are, let's say, about to be placed, and, and they have an urgent need of transportation of large and, and, and heavy components. So therefore, it's also nice to mention our newest development, uh, which is the Orca project. Maybe you have heard of it, uh, where we've been able to sell our LS800E. Those cranes, also all electric uh, machines, are combining, um, let's say, the, the, the powerful machine when it comes to SWL, because, you know, each vessel is equipped with two cranes, and then they have a combined lifting capacity of 1,600 tons by keeping power consumption and energy requirement on lowest level, as it is an all-electric machine. So there is an, indeed a stronger focus on sustainability and environmentally friendly solutions. And, uh, for example, also nice to know um, the LS800E is taking benefit also uh, of, a, of a few developed systems for the CBG500E. For example, the cooling system of switch cabinets within the machinery room. Which leads us back to the transshipment projects. So coal, bauxite and iron ore are very popular now. But what is with soy, sweet corn, nickel ore? or maybe sand for the construction industry in the next coming years. So we are focusing now many topics like environmental rules and regulations in terms of dust prevention, emission reduction, etc. And also increased safety during operation, automation of crane operation, even thinking about remote control of the crane itself in the transshipment operation. The reduction of maintenance costs, always a big topic. And of course, preventive maintenance in order to foresee upcoming downtimes. We have this lead at smart app features so customers have access to relevant data of the machinery at any time. And of course, the electrification of further crane models is, let's say, on our list. Sounds like plenty of challenges to be getting on with. Yes, that's true. Tim, thanks so much for your time today and appearing on the Sea Trade Maritime podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Sea Trade Maritime podcast. 